On May 19th, the United States Patent and Trademark Office made several ministerial changes to the rules governing patent trial and appeal board trial proceedings. Some of these rules will have significant implications for PTAB trials. Finnegan attorneys Dan Cooley and Josh Goldberg join us now to discuss the updates made to the rules of practice for trials before the PTAB and what these changes mean for the patent owners and petitioners. Josh, perhaps we could start with you here. Why did the USPTO decide to change the rules governing PTAB trial proceedings? Well, the rules are kind of getting on in age, seeing as they were originally implemented back in 2012. So last year in April and May, the office actually conducted a nationwide listening tour to gather information from the people utilizing the office to figure out where changes might be helpful or necessary, and actually followed up with a formal request for comments in the Federal Register back in June of 2014. Based on the comments that they received, it became apparent that, one, there were certain things that the Patent Office was already doing that just weren't incorporated in the rules, and two, there were some inequities that were perceived to be occurring between patent owners and petitioners. So the office brought in this new rules package now to try and account for those inequities and then also to just formalize some of the goings-on that had already been happening, particularly with respect to things like naming additional backup counsel. Taking that a step further, Dan, for you here, what are the major changes that the USPTO outlined in the new rules package? Well, actually, there are four major categories of changes. First, the PTO outlined some changes with respect to paper format, some changes in procedure, some changes in their discovery procedures, and also with respect to CBM institution. The main changes relate to formatting. For example, the board increased the page limits for motion to amend practice, allowing 10 more pages for the motion to amend and the opposition and an additional seven pages for the reply. The board also provided the petitioners an additional 10 pages to respond to a patent owner response. Some of the other important changes include, with respect to procedure, objections are filed now rather than served. There was prior some confusion on that point. And also, in the CBM context, the board formalized one of its precedential opinions and in the rule package stated that institution is now precluded when a party has previously filed a proceeding such as a declaratory judgment action challenging the validity of a patent. And Dan, what impact will these changes have on PTAP trial proceedings? Well, many of the rules formalize what was previously board practice and practice amongst many practitioners in the PTAP bar And so most of the rules will have a limited impact because they simply formalize prior practices. Some of the rules, however, will have a more immediate and significant impact, and those rules particularly include the rules for page limit increases and also the rules relating to the font size, as strange as that sounds. The PTAB proceedings and briefing before the PTAB space is always at a premium, so increasing page limits, or dictating what the font can be can actually swing the content quite significantly that can be presented to the board. Josh, will the changes benefit patent owners, and if so, how? The changes are going to actually have two big benefits for patent owners. The first one is that they are going to make it easier for patent owners to get rid of improperly filed petitions. In particular, they made explicit the Precedential Secure By decision which said that no petition for a covered business method patent review 
may be filed if the petitioner or real party in interest filed a civil action challenging the validity of a claim of the covered business method patent. The second big benefit that they're going to have for patent owners is it's going to make it easier for patent owners to be able to amend their claims. In particular, it's going to give them 10 additional pages in a motion to amend in order to articulate why those claims are patentable. And second, it's going to allow patent owners to include the claim amendments in a separate appendix, giving them yet further space in the motion to amend to articulate why the claims are patentable and potentially increasing their chances of convincing the Patent Trial and Appeal Board to let the amended claims through. Finally, Dan, does the USPTO plan to make any further recommendations or changes to the PTAP proceedings? Yes, it does. These rule changes that we've been discussing, the PTO has called, quote, quick fixes. The PTO is also considering a second rule package that it will release later that will involve more substantive changes, more involved changes. Now, the PTO has not committed to any particular change, but it has suggested several areas that it is currently considering. One of the areas is motion to amend practice. Another area is the evidence that can be submitted with the preliminary response. And a third area is the claim construction standard that is currently used in PTAB proceedings. Now, each of these areas represent hot topics before the board. For example, with motion to amend practice, there's been quite a bit of discussion as to who has the burden of the proof or who should have the burden of proof. Currently, the patent owner has the burden of proof to establish that the proposed claims are patentable over the prior art, but there's been a question as to whether the petitioner should bear the burden, establishing whether the proposed claims are not patentable over the prior art. Another question is with respect to the evidence that can be submitted with the preliminary response. There's discussion of whether the patent owner should be allowed to submit an expert declaration that could rebut the expert declaration that is already allowed to be submitted by the petitioner in the original petition. And third, with respect to the claim construction standard, current practice is and has been for quite some time at the PTO that the PTO uses the broadest reasonable interpretation standard, but some feel that the PTO should switch and synchronize itself with district court proceedings, which use a different standard, the Phillips claim construction standard. So the PTO has indicated that this second set of rules will be issued some point later this summer, and at that time, practitioners and other parties interested in PTAP proceedings will have an opportunity to comment upon the rules. Our guests have been Dan Cooley and Josh Goldberg, attorneys at Finnegan, one of the largest IP law firms in the world. For more commentary on intellectual property news and issues, to listen to other podcasts, and to receive additional information on the firm, please visit www.finnegan.com. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Finnegan.